Hey, thank you for tuning in to Passion for Purity. This is the podcast for Christian young men who are fighting to have sexual integrity while living in a hypersexualized culture. I'm your host, Wesley Reinhardt, and this is episode 10, and we'll have our first guest on the podcast today, missionary Andrew Smith. He's going to share his journey and fight for sexual integrity growing up as a missionary kid. I know it'll be a blessing to you. Let's dive in. So yes, uh, thank you for tuning in today. This is the first episode with a guest on uh, Passion for Purity, and our guest is Andrew Smith, and he is a missionary uh, headed to Papua New Guinea. So Andrew, thanks for being on. Can you tell us a little bit about you know who you are, where you're going, where you've been? Uh, just real quick, a, a one-minute life story. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks for having me. So, um, yeah, we, me and my wife are serving with an organization called Ethnos 360 Aviation, and we use aviation as a tool to help church planners in remote jungle locations. And I'm a pilot. I went to school to be a pilot and a mechanic. And the Lord just put it on us to use our skills and our abilities to go to a place like Papua New Guinea where the gospel is not reached, people groups that are isolated, and we use airplanes to help them be reached with the gospel, essentially. And so we're going to help out with that. Yeah, awesome. And uh, since this podcast is very small and in its beginning stages, uh, we have not invested in a double microphone, so we'll be passing this back and forth, even though you can't see that because uh, it's not a video. Um, but Andrew and Anna came to uh, my home church, Ecker Baptist, and they presented their ministry yesterday. Uh, then we caught lunch today and ate some good old Taco Bell. Um, and just had a, a really encouraging conversation. Um, and so I think Andrew's testimony uh, will be an encouragement to you uh, and to me, uh, or, or like it was to me uh, today at lunch. Um, so, Andrew, you said a little bit yesterday and today as we talked that uh, your story is similar to a lot of guys um, growing up and, and being involved with the screen uh, by yourself and the the bad places that that can end up. So, I mean, do you care? You don't have to be very specific. Um, just to say a little bit about, you know, where you were as far as sexual integrity, um, and then we'll talk about uh, how the gospel has, has gotten in and changed that, and uh, and just some reflections on that. So um, I, I think it'd be a blessing. Yeah, so I guess what I'll start off with is a little bit about my background. So I actually grew up as a missionary kid. Um, my parents were missionaries before I was born, and at the age of two months, my, my mom was came back to the States, had me, took me to the mission field. So I grew up in an environment where the gospel, the truth was taught. I was also very much blessed with parents that just not only knew truth, but actually lived truth and demonstrated truth. And with that, um, grew up, knew about Jesus, knew about sin, and... Um, I didn't want to go to hell, and I made that decision earlier, and so I had this idea of I knew what Christ did, but when I got to middle school, um, my life began to take a different shape um, because I knew the right answers, I knew how to act as a believer, but on the inside, there wasn't that heart change, and I still wanted to live for self, very selfish, um, gratifying the flesh, seeking things that I desired from an evil heart, really. And, of course, when you put a young man with that type of attitude and that type of heart in front of a screen, it wasn't long before I found pornographic images online. And really, it wasn't hard. It mostly found me, as many guys have experienced. It's, you don't have to go looking for it. It can sometimes find you. And so I was exposed to a website that had really posters 
and for sale. And that's the first thing I saw. And um, from then on began this process of really getting into an addiction. And so my testimony is uh, starting in middle school, really having access to the Internet, going forward um, into the first year of high school, sophomore in high school, junior in high school, really just gotten worse and worse, more addicting, more addicting. And uh, in that time, really just um, guilt, a lot of shame, um, fear, anxiety, because I was in an environment that I was expected to live a certain way, and I was pretending to live a godly, upright life. And in the inside, really, I was just seeking myself and just um, trying to please the flesh. And uh, anyways, came to my senior year of high school, and this is what we were, I shared in church the other day, and just really the changing point in my life, um, probably the biggest changing point in my life and direction for my life, was uh, my dad came. I was sitting on the front porch of our house. My dad came out, and he started the conversation with, hey, Andrew, I found the internet history, and I had some questions I need to ask you about. And in that moment, fear and anxiety just gripped me because here I was about to be outed for something that I thought I'd been hiding so well. And um, he continued on just saying like, hey, did you look at these images? And it was some pornographic websites. And um, when I looked him in the eye and just with as much confidence as I could try to muster, I just looked at him in the eye and said, no, it wasn't me. And the, really the, the sad part and really the heartbreaking part was that he believed me because I had put on such a good front and I had been hiding it for so long. And my dad thought at that point that I was the person who I was portraying. And he said, okay, believe me, walked away and figured it was someone else because there's other people that had access to the same internet server and everything that we were using. But I think it was something beyond me. I think the Lord just had so much mercy and grace that just... Um, through the Holy Spirit just was like, I am done. I was so tired of living that life and the hypocrisy. And um, not knowing what was going to happen next, I went back to my dad within five minutes of literally just lying to his face and just telling him, uh, Dad, it was me. And not only was it me this time, but it's I've been living in this addiction for four or five years. And it got to the point where it was actually very bad and um, was really out of control. And um, here I was, the son of a missionary, in this environment where I was expected to perform and live a certain life, and I just braced myself for this wrath or this disappointment, this anger of this man and how his son had lied to him for all these years. And uh, what was amazing was, praise the Lord that God had sanctified him and turned him into the likeness of Christ, because instead of being angry and hateful, uh, he looked at me and was like, hey, I'm disappointed, but I love you, and I want to help you, and like, what are we going to do about this? And at that point, um, in my father's likeness to Christ, he portrayed Christ to me in grace and mercy and demonstrated to me and then taught me and unraveled for me this beautiful thing we call the gospel, this thing where Christ, knowing that I would reject him, I knew truth, and I really spat in his face and rejected him and lived for myself. Christ knowing I would do that, Christ knowing that I would still continue to sin after that day, still went to the cross out of love for me, for the sake that I would become returned to the Father and have unity with the Father. That's why Christ came. And it was really a turning point in my life because through my dad's example, 
I began to fall in love with Jesus. And that was the difference. I knew truth, but I didn't love Jesus. And I think that was a turning point. And my problem didn't go away, but it was the turning point where now life took a different direction. And I began to more fall in love with Christ instead of just, okay, he gets me out of hell. Awesome. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing. That's <laughs> that's all spot on. And, and I appreciate your vulnerability and saying, yeah, this is this is where I was. And honestly... I think you and I know, and, and probably everybody listening knows that that seems to be one of the standard stories of a, a middle school discovery and then some isolation and, and, and something that grew um, and eventually just had this, this death grip. Um, and yeah, I mean, so many have been there. Um, so yeah, thanks for the vulnerability. You, you said at the end there um, how your dad modeled the grace of of Christ in the way that he uh, the way that he talked with you after you came and, and confessed that um, which again is amazing and I, I guess there there'd be a lot of takeaways there um, but we talked a little bit today at lunch about how the gospel is so necessary to pull you out of that the indulgence of, of porn and masturbation and then the guilt that comes and then that ends up the guilt is so heavy it drives you a little deeper and and you need you need some pleasure to get away from the pain and so then you go back to porn and that that awful cycle the binge and and the purge you know um so can you speak a little bit more about how you know the gospel of Christ coming and dying for our sins why that's so necessary to stop that or exactly how it does that yeah i know and obviously struggling with this coming into college years like the problem didn't go away right away right so we know sin well even though christ is forgiven we still struggle and it is a process of sanctification for sure um and so yeah with that cycle that was that was important to start learning and reading or watching videos and having people explain like what that cycle is this idea that it's it's a it's a drug addiction really the physical side of our body the um, pleasure that we see there's things going on in our brain and so yeah you get into a place where you aren't feeling joy or you're tired or and you're just down and you want that um, something to lift you up and you turn to this addiction because it does give a sense of excitement and sense of pleasure like you said and this cycle goes where then you have that but then of course the guilt of knowing that this is sin this is actually something that is going against our creator really against the um, what God made us to be as men you know he created us to be um, his subjects and in his image and here we are breaking that and falling into the sin and as believers you know we can feel that guilt and that shame and with the isolation especially when you're isolated and you can't feel like you can't come out and talk to someone about this again creates more of that shame more of that guilt and the anxiety of being found out and when you get into that place it really puts you in an emotional low and of course we are naturally going to seek something to try to give us, um, get us better, give us better emotional feel. People turn to alcoholism, people turn to drugs. And for those who struggle with pornography, it's the same thing. We turn back into pornography to get that high, that excitement. And then it just starts that cycle right over again. And so the power of the gospel is what is amazing because what it does is we can take, when we get to that low, the gospel is so powerful because what the gospel is saying is God knows that you are a sinner. God knows that you are an enemy. You are completely against him. 
and yet he loves you still, freely gives Christ, sends his son to die on the cross to take that sin, that sin that you just committed, Christ paid for it. And he knew what he was paying for when he went to the cross. He knew what it was. He still came and paid for it. And now you are counted as righteous. And what that does is it frees you from being in that shame and that guilt and needing a high from pornography, but rather we get a high on the fact that we are loved and accepted by God, the creator. And something that's amazing is I have found myself, you know, when I was dealing with this, praying, God, would you help free me from this addiction? Would you save me from this addiction? But the amazing part is when you understand the gospel is he already has freed you. It's not a, God, will you please free me in the future? He has said, I have already paid my son for you. Like that sin, when you come to me in Christ, is already forgiven. It's not will I, it's I've done this, just come to me. And that's what really helps break that cycle because you don't have to live in that shame. And really, as you fall more in love with Christ, there is a sense that there will be a joy and a peace that surpasses all understanding. The scripture says that when we walk with Christ, that's what we get. And that truly can break the cycle of needing to turn to this addiction for that joy and peace because that joy and peace is found as we fall more and more in love with Christ, our Savior. Yeah, uh, man, that's good stuff. <laughs> that'll uh, that'll get you excited. Um, I, I I appreciate how you said at at the bottom of that cycle, when, when you're down in the guilt, that's when you've got to turn to the gospel to climb and, and rest in, in your justification, you know, from Christ and, and what's been already done, not what you can do in the future, how you can uh, earn better. I, and that, that, that was a turning point in your life. Um, I, yeah, that's so critical. I think one time when I was, uh, either my first or second year in college. And, and it was the same thing. Um, I, I was really trying to f- fight this, this masturbation and, and, and fell for the 11 billion time. And, and, and I just remember sitting there like, God, I, I'm sorry. I, I just feel numb. I feel, I feel like I'm no good to you. Um, I, I don't feel like I, I deserve your love or that I can, I can earn it. Um, and I remember just YouTubing God's love <laughs> And, and a, well, several videos popped up, but uh, Matt Chandler, it was like a one minute clip. And, and he was like, there's no future version of you that God loves more <laughs> than, than he loves you right now. You know, it's done. Christ did it. And, and you need to rest in that. Um, and, and that was, yeah, that was a very similar point for me. And, and I just remember embracing that. And then Again, you, you're not going to be perfect, but the times I fell after that, being able to mitigate the staying down in the the mire and the muck of that that overwhelming guilt, um, yeah, yeah, that's excellent. And, and so you need the gospel if you're going to try and and kick porn or lust. Uh, it, it's got to start there in your knowledge of God and what He's done, um, and then everything else, your your strategies and and accountability that should flow out of that. Uh, but if you don't have the gospel, then it's also very exhausting. Um, so you, you went to college at, at Word of Life, right? Moody Bible Bible Institute. That's it. Uh, and and some time at Pensacola and you've been training in flight school, uh, and, and a mechanic. Um, so in that time, and, and as you've experienced victory, uh, and just reflected more on, on your own struggle and fight against lust, um, can you identify, uh, times that indicate strength in the fight 
and and could you identify maybe some triggers or, or some things that you say, okay, I need to watch it here, some of those warnings. Uh, yeah, so what would the, the highs and lows be, I guess? Absolutely, so um, one of the things, first of all, like we expressed that your love for Christ um, really helps, first, well, as part of it is also, you know, our minds, especially if you've already indulged in this sin, um, these images, these thoughts have really seared them, like our brain, it really sears it into our brain. Um, and so it's very easy, even if you don't look at the website, that thought can come back so easily. And so I found that um, when you fill your mind with things of the Lord, you don't have space <laughs> to think about these things. And that does help in many ways. And just the uh, love for Christ, again, I can't emphasize that more. The more you love and perce- uh, pursue Christ, you know, Christ says, those who love me will keep my commandments. And uh, when we see that his commandments is to not lust, essentially, like he's looking out for our best interest, um, that will follow through. Um, But as always, you also see that Joseph tempted, he fled. And so there is things that like we are to be wise. I like to say this, like I trust God that he can keep my airplane when I'm flying in the air. No matter what I do, he has the ability. Yet I still carry enough fuel to get to my destination. I want to be prepared and I want to plan ahead for the task at hand. Um, So that comes with that. So there are things that do trigger my mind to look away from Christ and to look to God. And I've noticed that when I'm tired, alone, and usually if I've left with a cellular device or tablet or whatever, and um, those that combination is something that really throws up red flags for me because that's when the temptation usually tends to come strong. When I'm around other people, especially godly other people that are encouraging me to love the Lord, um, those type of situations, I really don't even think about it that often. I don't know if you're similar to that, um, but it's when I am alone and I let my mind wander and I'm not focusing on Christ. And so um, so what are some of the triggers um, in that cycle is just break the chain. So as a pilot, we are taught that in an accident, there is a chain of events that leads to it. And in aviation school, they basically, they go through a ton of accident reports. And you see this led to this, that led to this, this led to this. And finally, the aircraft was lost or life was lost. And our goal is at whatever time, if we can detect that chain, we break that chain and the accident will not happen. And so, um, yeah, for me, just really um, being tired, I feel like the resilience to fight thinking for those things and to pursue biblical wisdom to pursue getting my Bible reading, talking to a friend about spiritual things. That takes energy and it takes effort and it takes um, having a decision to do that. When you're tired, you're less likely to make that fight and to make those decisions. And I think those are some of the triggers when I'm falling away from devotions, being interacting with believers and tired and not pursuing God, that is probably the biggest trigger. And I feel it coming back. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I, the fatigue and isolation. I, th- I think a lot of guys can can relate with that. Um, okay, yeah, Andrew, this is great. Again, thank you for <laughs> thank you for coming on and sharing. I'm I'm uh, I'm just so encouraged by your own testimony, and and I, that's very similar to mine in a lot of ways. Um, so, if you could go back and talk to nineteen <laughs> year old Andrew Smith. Uh, and and you just had to give some advice about, you know, how to how to walk in sexual integrity, a God honoring, you know, sexual integrity. Um, I mean, what 
what advice would you give them, whether it's practical or theological, uh, say do this or don't do this? You know, what would you say if you had a few minutes to sit down and encourage them? Well, the first thing I would do is go back to my 13-year-old self and say, don't get into it. So if you've been someone that have just newly been exposed to it and now you're struggling with just the fear, um, the adrenaline rush, and just I remember the first time just being afraid, not knowing who to talk to. Um, if if you have done this, first of all, open up with someone. I think that would be my biggest advice. If I could go back to my 13-year-old self and saying, don't be afraid or shamed of what has happened. First of all, realize that I've gone around and shared my testimony and almost, like I said at lunch, like 90% of guys come and say, you know what, I struggle with the same thing. And like no sin is not common to man. Like we all struggle with sin. Every single person struggles with sin um, because of the fall. And so if I could go back to my 13-year self, I would say open up, share with someone your struggle, another believer in Christ, and walk through it with them. Like you were saying earlier, like get it out in the light. Sin in the light is so much better than isolation and darkness because at that point it can be dealt with. Um, and then the 14-yourself, 15-self, same thing. Like no matter what stage you're in, no matter how deep you've gone or just how much you've gotten into this, it is never too late to come and open up and just share with someone your struggle. And I almost can guarantee you will find people that have related with that struggle who also have a desire to be freed from this. Um, if you're a local church or pastor, youth pastor, whatever, um, that would be my biggest advice is open up. Because we have been put together. Christ came to this earth. He got a group of disciples. And he didn't just get one disciple. He got a multitude of disciples. And the reason is he actually, I was just reading the other day, like he prays in his um, prayer for the church is for us to be unified in one because we are to work together. It was designed as body of believers to work together because that's how we encourage and edify one another. And he uses you, he uses me to help our other brothers come out of sin. And so... um Open up with another person, share your struggle, allow them to help you. But then also, for me, I was living for self. And the fact that I kept indulging in this um, is just evidence that I don't love Christ. Because, you know, Christ does say, if you love me, you will obey me. And it doesn't mean that I didn't love him at all. Like, I knew who he was. But the more you fall in love with Christ, the more you will become in his likeness. The more you seek him, the more you abide in him, he will abide in you and fruit will be produced. And that fruit is righteousness. It's, we know the fruits of the spirit. Those things will come out and eventually God will sanctify. It's a promise and it's a guarantee. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. And so open up about it, but then also on your own, just pursue knowing Christ. Because the more you know about Christ, it's, it's beautiful. Like the more you understand how much he loved you and what he's done for you, and the more you can clearly understand that, the more you will just fall in love with this creator God that left everything and died on the cross for your sin. He died on the cross for your addiction to pornography. Um, and just, I would say, put all you have into studying who Christ is that and falling in love with him and allowing that spirit to grow in you. And um, those things together probably is what helped me. And I think the earlier you can do it, the better, because the fruit is produced sooner. The joy, the peace comes sooner. And it's less living in that fear, anxiety, stress, and ultimately depression. I struggled with a little bit of depression during this time because of the hypocrisy that I knew I was living in. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is all, uh, 
all good stuff. And I know you can't see uh, if you're listening to this, but I am vigorously nodding my head at <laughs> just about all of that. Um, that's uh, that's excellent. Uh, well, Andrew, again, thank you so much for for agreeing to do this with me, kind of uh, at the last minute. Um, to close it out, can can I ask you just what are some ways that we can pray for you and Anna real quick as you guys are gearing up for the mission field? I think ultimately, and part of it is going through this struggle, something I've learned. And me and my wife, we actually, this is our number one prayer request we ask of people. And it sounds really, I don't know, cliche or whatever, but really praying that God would work in us to make us who he wants us to be. And I think for me, this struggle is what makes it clear because I know how vulnerable I am to falling into sin. And ministry, just Christian living, like we have to have Christ in us to be of any value. Like anything we do, scripture says on our own is filthy rags. The good that we do is filthy rags. We are unable to do good, but Christ in us and the power of the Holy Spirit in us, we can do anything that God has for us. And so really ultimately, um, we're going over to Papua New Guinea to use our lives to be tools of God to serve others. And what that entails is really having Christ in us. And so if you guys think about it, pray that God would be indeed living in me, sanctifying me, growing me and my wife to being tools that he could use. Wonderful. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely be praying for that. Uh, so that's Andrew and Anna Smith, and I believe uh, smithsministries.com. If you are interested in, in learning more about them, I, I encourage you to run on over to the website. Uh, and, and you can glean a little more uh, ways to pray and, and see more of what their ministry will consist of. Um, again, Andrew, thank you for being on today. This has been such a blessing for me and, and fun. Uh, this is this is good to get uh, get things in the light, and it encourages me. Uh, I hope it's been encouragement to you, and I hope uh, you all out there listening, uh, whether you came from Facebook or Spotify, um, I hope that it'll be a blessing to you um, and, and that you will continue to pursue um, Christ-centered sexual integrity. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in today. Until next time, keep fighting.